Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the World of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 7 through 8. In the previous episode we read chapters 5 through 6 from Reyna's perspective. It was quite interesting to see since we don't usually see a perspective or uh, of any chapters occurring outside of the Big Seven. So this was definitely a surprise at first. But we got to see a little bit more into how Reyna's uh, thought process goes along. And how she's viewing this entire experience of traveling with the Athena Parthenos back to Camp Half-Blood. Now, we also got a glimpse of the fact that she has a similar ability to Percy. Whereas when she, when she sleeps, she's able to gain this omniscient clairvoyance. In which she's able to see specific events happening while or before, in the past or present, I believe, and be able to gather awareness of what is happening in areas where they uh, where they not but they may not be. So it's fascinating to see that another person has this, and it's it's curious. I'm curious to see does it depend on the person? Uh, is is this because if I remember correctly, I don't believe that every single demigod has this ability so does it really depend on the demigod themselves to have this clairvoyance ability how how would do they how would they develop it in the first place if if everyone does have it how does one end up developing it so there's always there's all these um questions that can arise from this second appearance of clairvoyance omniscience view and It'll be exciting to see if there are any answers that we find out later on. But yeah, uh, Reyna was soon to wake up, was woken up by Coach Hedge, and they seem to be interrupted by visitors. So let's read Chapter 7 to see what exactly is going to happen. Chapter 7, Reyna. The hordes had arrived. In groups of 20 or 30, tourists swarmed through the ruins, milling around the villas, wandering the cobblestone paths, gawking at the colorful frescoes and mosaics. Reyna worried how the tourists would react to a 40-foot-tall statue of Athena in the middle of the courtyard, but the mist must have been working overtime to obscure the moral's visions. Each time a group approached, they'd stop at the edge of the courtyard and stare in disappointment at the statue. One British tour guide announced, Ah, scaffolding. It appears this area is undergoing restoration. Pity. Let's move along. And off they went. At least the statue didn't rumble. Die, unbelievers! And zapped the mortals to dust. Rena had once dealt with a statue of the goddess Diana like that. It hadn't been her most relaxing day. She recalled what Annabeth had told her about the Athena Parthenos. Its magical aura both attracted monsters and kept them at bay. Sure enough, every so often, out of the corner of her eye, Reyna would spot glowing white spirits and Roman clothes flitting among the ruins, frowning at the statue in consternation. Those lemurs are everywhere, Gleason muttered, keeping their distance for now. But come nightfall, we'd better be ready to move. Ghosts are always worse at night. Reyna didn't need to be reminded of that. She watched as an elderly couple in matching pastel shirts and Bermuda shorts tottered through a nearby garden. She was glad they didn't come any closer. Around the camp, Coach Hedge had rigged all sorts of tripwires, snares, and oversized mouse traps that wouldn't stop any self-respecting monster. But they might very well bring down a senior citizen. Despite the warm morning, Reyna shivered from her dreams. She couldn't decide what was more terrifying, the impending destruction of New Rome or the way Octavian was poisoning the legion from the inside. 
Your quest is a fool's errand. Camp Jupiter needed her. The 12th Legion needed her. Yet Reyna was halfway across the world watching a satyr cook Eggo blueberry waffles on a stick over an open fire. She wanted to talk about her nightmares, but she decided to wait until Nico woke up. She wasn't sure she'd have the courage to describe them twice. Nico kept snoring. Reyna had discovered that once he fell asleep, it took a lot to wake him up. The coach could do a goat hoof tab dance around Nico's head and the son of Hades wouldn't even budge. Here, Hot Hedge offered her a plate of flame-broiled Eggos with fresh-sliced kiwi and pineapple. It all looked surprisingly good. Where are you getting these supplies? Raina marveled. Hey, I'm a satyr. We're very efficient baggers. He took a bite of the waffle. We also know how to live off the land. As Raina ate, Coach Hedge took out a notepad and started to write. When he was finished, he folded the paper into an airplane and tossed it into the air. A breeze carried away. A letter to your wife? Raina guessed. Under the rim of his baseball cap, Hedge's eyes were bloodshot. Melly's a clown nymph. Air spirits send stuff by paper airplanes all the time. Hopefully her cousins will keep the letter going across the ocean until it finds her. It's not as fast as an Irish message, but well, I want her kid to have some record of me in case... You know. We'll get you home, Raina promised. You will see her kid. Hedge clenched his jaw and said nothing. Raina was pretty good at getting people to talk. She considered it essential to know her comrades in arms. But she'd have a tough time convincing Hedge to open up about his wife, Melly, who was close to giving birth back at Camp Hathblood. Raina had trouble imagining the coach as a father, but she understood what it was like to grow up without parents. She wasn't going to let that happen to Coach Hedge. Yeah, well, the satyr bit off another piece of ego, including the stick he just toasted it on. I just wish we could move faster. He chin-pointed to Nico. I don't see how this kid is going to last one more jump. How many more will it take us to get us home? Rana shared his concern. In only 11 days, the Giants planned to awaken Gaia. Octavian planned to attack Camp Half-Blood on the same day. That couldn't be a coincidence. Perhaps Gaia... Gaia was whispering in Octavian's ear, influencing his decision subconsciously. Or worse, Octavian was actively in league with the Earth Goddess. Reyna didn't want to believe that even Octavian would knowingly betray the Legion, but after what she'd seen in her dreams, she couldn't be sure. She finished her meal as a group of Chinese tourists shuffled past the courtyard. Reyna had been awake for less than an hour, and already she was restless to get moving. Thanks for breakfast, coach. She got to her feet and stretched. If you'll excuse me, where there are tourists, there are bathrooms. I need to use a little Praetor's room. Go ahead. The coach jangled a whistle that hung around his neck. If anything happens, I'll blow. Reyna left Aurum and Argentum on guard duty and strolled through the crowds of mortals until she found a visitor center with restrooms. She did her best to clean up, but she found it ironic that she was in an actual Roman city and couldn't enjoy a nice, hot... Roman bath. She had to settle for paper towels, a broken soap dispenser, and an asthmatic hand dryer. And the toilets? The less said about those, the better. As she was walking back, she passed a small museum with a window display. Beyond the glass lay a row of plaster figures, all frozen in the throes of death. A young girl was curled in fetal position. A woman lay twisted in agony, her mouth open to scream, her arms thrown overhead. A man knelt with his head bowed as of accepting the inevitable. Reyna stared with a mixture of horror and revulsion. She'd read about such figures, but she'd never seen them in person. 
After the eruption of Vesuvius, volcanic ash had buried the city and hardened to rock around dying Pompeians. Their bodies had disintegrated, leaving around behind human-shaped pockets of air. Early archaeologists had poured plaster into the holes and made these casts, creepy replicas of ancient Romans. Raina found it disturbing, wrong, that these people's dying moments were on display like clothes in a shop window, yet she couldn't look away. All her life she'd dreamed about coming to Italy. She had assumed it never happened. The ancient lands were forbidden to more than de- modern demigods. The area was simply too dangerous. Nevertheless, she wanted to follow in the footsteps of Aeneas, son of Aphrodite, the first demigod to settle here after the Trojan War. She wanted to see the original Tiber River, where Lupa, the wolf goddess, saved Romulus and Remus. But Pompeii? Brenna had never wanted to come here. The site of Rome's most infamous disaster, an entire city swallowed by the earth, after Reina's nightmares that hit a little too close to home. So far in the ancient land, she'd only seen one place on her wish list, Diocletian's palace in Split. And even that visit had hardly gone the way she'd imagined. Reina used to dream about going there with Jason to admire their favorite emperor's home. She pictured rom- romantic walks with him through the old city, sunset picnics on the parapets. Instead, Reina had arrived in Croatia not with him, with a dozen angry wind spirits on her tail. She'd fought her way through ghosts in the palace. On her way out, Griffins had attacked, mortally wounding her Pegasus. The closest she'd gotten to Jason was finding a note he'd left for her under a bust of Diocletian in the basement. She would only have painful memories of that place. Don't be bitter, she chided herself. Aeneas suffered too. So did Romulus, Diocletian, and all the rest. Romans don't complain about hardship. Staring at the plastered death figurines in the museum window, she wondered what they had been thinking as they curled up to die in the ashes. Probably not. Well, we're Romans. We shouldn't complain. A gust of wind blew through the ruins, making a hollow moan. Sunlight flashed against the woman window, momentarily blinding her. The start, Brina looked up. The sun was directly overhead. How could it be noon already? She'd left the house of the fawn just after breakfast. She'd only been standing a few minutes. Hadn't she? She tore herself from the museum display and hurried off, trying to shake the feeling that the dead Pompeians were whispering behind her back. The rest of the afternoon was unnervingly quiet. Reyna kept watch while Coach Hedge slept, but there was nothing much to guard against. Tourists came and went. Random samples and wind splits flew by overhead. Reyna's dogs would snarl in warning, but the monsters didn't stop to fight. Ghosts sulked around the edges of the courtyard, apparently intimidated by the Athena Parthenos. Reyna couldn't blame them. The longer the statue stood in Pompeii, the more angry it seemed to radiate, making Reyna's skin itchy and her nerves raw. Finally, just after sunset, Nico woke. He wolfed down an avocado and cheese sandwich. The first time he'd shown a decent appetite since leaving the house of Hades. Reyna hated to ruin his dinner, but they didn't have much time. As the daylight faded, the ghosts started moving closer and in greater numbers. She told him about her dreams, the earth swallowing Camp Jupiter, Octavian closing in on Camp Half-Blood, and the hunter with the glowing eyes who had shot Reyna in the gut. Nico stared at his empty plate. This hunter. A giant, maybe? Coach Hedge grunted. I'd rather not find out. I say we keep moving. Nico's mouth twitched. You are suggesting we avoid a fight. Listen, Cupcake, I like a smackdown as much as the next guy, but we've got monsters to worry about without some bounty hunter giant tracking us across the world. I don't like the sound of those huge arrows. 
for once, Randall said, I agree with Hedge. Nico unfolded his aviator jacket. He put his finger through an air hole in the sleeve. I could ask for advice. Nico sounded reluctant. Talia Grace, Jason's sister, Rana said. She'd never met Talia. In fact, she'd only recently learned Jason had a sister. According to Jason, she was a Greek demigod, a daughter of Zeus who led a group of Dianas, no, Artemis's followers. The whole idea made Rana's head spin. Nico nodded. The hunters of Artemis are, well, hunters. If anybody knew about this giant hunter guy, Talia would. I could try sending her an Iris message. You don't sound very excited about the idea, Raina noticed. Are you two... on bad terms? We're fine. A few feet away, Orem snarled quietly, which meant Nico was lying. Raina decided not to press. I should also try to contact my sister Hilla, she said. Camp Jupiter is lightly defended. If Gaia attacks there, perhaps the Amazons could help. Coach Head scowled. <laughs> no offense, but uh, what's an army of Amazons going to do against a wave of dirt? Raina fought down a sense of dread. She suspected Hedge was right. Against what she'd seen in her dreams, the only defense was to prevent the giants from waking Gaia. Gaia. For that, she had to put her trust in the crew of the Argo II. The daylight was almost gone. Around the courtyard, ghosts were forming a mob. Hundreds of glowing Romans carrying spectral clubs or stones. We can talk more about the next after the next jump, Raina decided. Right now, we need to get out of here. Yeah. Nico stood. I think we can reach Spain this time if we're lucky. Just let me. The mob of ghosts vanished, like a mass of birthday candles blown out in a single breath. Raina's hand went to her dagger. Where did they go? Nico's eyes flitted across the ruins. His expression was not reassuring. I... I'm not sure, but I don't think it's a good sign. Keep a lookout. I'll get harnessed up. Should only take a few seconds. Gleason Hedge rose to his hose. A few seconds you don't have. Raina's stomach curled into a tiny ball. Hedge spoke with a woman's voice, the same one Raina had heard in her nightmare. She drew her knife. Hedge turned toward her, his face expressionless. His eyes were solid black. Be glad, Raina Ramirez Arianno. You will die as a Roman. You'll join the ghosts of Pompeii. The ground rumbled. All around the courtyard, spirals of ash swirled into the air. They solidified into crude human figures. Earthen shells like the one in the museum. They stared at Reina, their eyes ragged holes in the faces of rock. The earth will swallow you, Hedge said in the voice of Gaia, just as it swallowed them. And that's the end of chapter seven. Well, that's definitely going to be very interesting to combat against. Um, I think that it's very interesting to see how we've seen it from an outside perspective of exactly that Reina has gone through this entire time of being, in her eyes, it seems like a rejection after another. First it was Jason, then it was Percy. And I think that Reina slowly has this idea that she doesn't feel wanted. You know, after these two rejections, I think it, it slowly brought down her self-esteem as a whole. That doesn't mean that she got less as a leader. But she tried not to show that on, on the outside to the civilians, the members of Camp Jupiter. Because then it would make her look weak. And I'm sure she didn't want to give us any opportunity to Octavian to take over. So because of that, I think that she really did 
internally, it was, she struggled to tell anybody regarding how she was feeling or what she was doing because she wasn't on that level of closeness with anybody. And if she ever was, it was someone like Jason or Percy to which she was thoroughly disappointed time and time again. So we'll come back after cha- after the break to read chapter 8 and see how exactly this possessed Coach Hedge is going to fare against Reyna and Nico. So see you after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 8, Reyna. There's too many of them. Reyna wondered bitterly how many times she'd said that in her demigod career. She should have made a button and ma- made and wear it around to save time. When she died, the words were, would probably be written on her tombstone. There were too many of them. Her gray hand stood on either side of her, growling at the earthen shells. Reyna counted at least 20, closing in from every direction. Coach Hedge continued to speak in a very womanly voice. The dead always outnumbered the, uh, the living. These spirits have waited centuries, unable to express their anger. Now, I have given them bodies of earth. One earthen ghost stepped forward. It moved slowly, but its footfall was, footfall was so heavy, it cracked the ancient tiles. Nico? Reyna called. I can't control them. He said frantically, untangling his harness. Something about the rock shells, I guess. I needed a couple of seconds to concentrate on making the shadow jump. Otherwise, I might teleport us into another volcano. Reyna cursed under her breath. There was no way she could fight off so many by herself while Nico prepared their escape, especially with Coach Hedge out of commission. Use the scepter, she said. Get me some zombies. It will not help, Coach Hedge intoned. Stand aside, Praetor. Let the ghosts of Pompeii destroy this Greek statue. A true Roman would not resist. The earthen ghosts shuffled forward. Through their mouth holes, they made hollow whistling noises, like someone blowing across empty soda bottles. One stepped on the coach's dagger tennis racket trap and smashed it to pieces. From his belt, Nico pulled the scepter of Diocletian. Reyna, if I summon more dead Romans, who's to say they won't join this mob? I say, I am a praetor. Get me some legionnaires and I'll control them. You shall perish, said the coach. You shall never... Reyna smacked him on the head with the pummel of her knife. The satyr crumpled. Sorry, coach, she muttered. That was getting tiresome. Nico, zombies! And concentrate on getting us out of here. 
Nico raised his scepter and the ground trembled. The earthen ghost chose that moment to charge. Aram le leaped at the nearest one and literally bit the creature's head off with his metal fangs. The rock shell toppled backward and shattered. Argentum was not so lucky. She he sprang at another ghost, which swung its heavy arm and bashed the greyhound in the face. Argentum went flying. He staggered to his feet. His head was twisted 45 degrees to the right. One of his ruby eyes was missing. Anger hammered in Reyna's chest like a hot spike. She had already lost her Pegasus. She was not going to lose her dogs, too. She slashed her knife through the ghost's chest, then drew her gladius. Strictly speaking, fighting with two blades wasn't very Roman, but Reyna had spent time with pirates. She'd picked up more than a few tricks. The earthen shells crumbled easily, but they hit like sledgehammers. Reyna didn't understand how, but she knew she couldn't afford to take even one blow. Unlike Argentum, she wouldn't survive getting her head knocked sideways. Nico! She tucked between two earthen ghosts, allowing them to smash each other's heads in. Any time now! The ground split open this, down the center of the courtyard. Dozens of skeletal soldiers, soldiers clawed their way to the surface. Their shields looked like giant corroded pennies. Their play of blades were more rust than metal, but Reyna had never been so relieved to see reinforcements. Legion! She shouted. Add a seum! The zombies responded, pushing through the earthen goats to perform a battle line. Some fell, crushed by stone fists. Other managed to close ranks and raise their shields. Behind her, Nico cursed. Reyna risked a backward glance. The scepter of Diocletian was smoking in Nico's hands. It's fighting me, he yelled. I don't think it likes summoning Romans to fight other Romans. Reyna knew that ancient Romans had spent at least half their time fighting each other. But she decided not to bring that up. Just secure Coach Hedge. Get ready to shadow travel. I'll buy you some... Nico yelped. The scepter of Diocletian exploded into pieces. Nico didn't look hurt, but he stared at Reyna in shock. I don't know what happened. You've got a few minutes tops before your zombies disappear. Legion! Reyna shouted. Orbam Formate! Gladium Signe! The zombies circled the Athena Parthenos, their swords ready for close quarters fight. fighting. Argentum dragged the unconscious Coach Hedge over to Nico, who's furiously strapping himself into the harness. Aram stood guard, lunging at any earth ghost who broke through the line. Reyna fought shoulder to shoulder with the dead legionnaire, sending her strength into their ranks. She knew it wouldn't be enough. The earthen ghosts fell easily, but more kept rising from the ground in swirls of ash. Each time their stone fists connected, another zombie went down. Meanwhile, the Athena Parthenos towered over the battle, regal, haughty, and unconcerned. A little help would be nice, Reyna thought. Maybe a destructor ray? Maybe some good old-fashioned smiting? The statue did nothing except radiate hatred, which seemed directly equally at Reyna and the attacking ghosts. You want to lug me to Long Island? The statue seemed to say. Good luck with that, Roman scum. Reyna's destiny? To die defending a passive-aggressive goddess. She kept fighting, extending more of her will into the undead troops. In return, they bombarded her with their despair and resentment. You fight for nothing, the zombie legionnaires whispered in her mind. The empire is gone. For Rome, Reyna cried hoarsely. She slashed her gladius through one earthen ghost and stabbed her dagger into another's chest. Twelve legion fulminata. All around her zombies fell. Some were crushed in battle, others disintegrated on their own as the residual power of Diocletian's scepter finally failed. The earthen ghosts closed in, a sea of misshapen faces with hollow eyes. Reyna, now! Nico yelled. We're leaving! 
She glanced back. Nico had harnessed himself to the Athena Parthenos. He held the unconscious Glecian hedge in his arms like a damsel in distress. Orem and Argentum had disappeared, perhaps too badly damaged to continue fighting. Raina stumbled. A rock fist gave her a glancing blow to the ribcage, and her side erupted in pain. Her head swam. She tried to breathe, but it was like inhaling knives. Raina! Nico shouted again. The Athena Parthenos flickered, about to disappear. An earthen ghost swung at Raina's head. She managed to dodge, but the pain in her ribs almost made her black out. Give up, said the voices in her head. The legacy of Rome is dead and buried, like just like Pompeii. No, she murmured to herself. Not while I'm still alive. Nico stretched out his hand as he slipped into the shadows. With the last of her strength, Raina leaped toward him. And that's the end of chapter eight. Wow. What a chapter. I must say that it was very, very fascinating to see that this battle between Reyna and the rest of the army. This really, I think this was a time that really shined her qualities in terms of her leadership skills. You could really see how she didn't fare. She didn't wane in self-esteem when the zombie army was called upon. She knew how to direct, and she directed perfectly. I think that there's a reason why Reyna is the praetor of Camp Jupiter, and she rightfully proves it so. So that's the end of, cha- of, our, of, the re- of, of our chapter's reading. Uh, now we'll be getting into the Q&A session. Uh, if you guys have any questions or anything like that, do please... Uh, Try your best to um, ask these questions in uh, the Spotify app. Uh, usually, I'll be trying. I'll check. I'll check that more, but I'll try my best to check other platforms as well. Along with that, uh, some other disclaimers I wanted to add, as usual, is um, with the Q and A session. If I miss your name or if I miss your question, I do apologize. However, with the questions, sometimes I may feel a little uncomfortable answering those questions. So sometimes I, I, I don't I end up not answering those questions and I don't want anybody to feel bad for asking them. Everybody's free to ask the questions. I just don't want anybody feeling bad if I don't end up answering the, the, those specific questions. But yeah, so let's get into the, Q, the shout out and Q&A session, starting with our shout outs. We have number one is Eleanor Anderson. Next is Nina Brad. Bratton, PCW, Wesley, and Kari, Kari? I hope I got that right. Uh, but thank you guys. Now, now, moving on to the questions. Will you be reading the new Percy Jackson book, The Chalice of the Gods? Um, let's see. I will, I think I, I will probably try reading it, because if I do remember, if I do remember correctly, um, you guys had told me that the book is in between the series. I believe it's after this series and uh, it's before the trials of Apollo. So I will definitely potentially, I, it, it, I definitely will probably be potentially giving it a read. Um, but then again, uh, I'll probably have to see. I may read it at the end of the series, but I definitely will let you guys know or potentially. I may give the opportunity for a poll. Um, I'm not sure where the poll would be. I'm not sure whether it would be in Patreon or it would if it would be on the podcast. 
but maybe this will be something for the fans to decide so stay tuned for that very soon but i will probably be doing something like that in order to see what you guys would like me to do uh next question is how do you think leo is going to find ojigia again since no man has ever found it twice interesting question i you there's a great point there the fact that no man will ever does has ever found ojigia twice so it's going to be very interesting considering the fact that leo has sworn upon the river sticks to meet calypso again and honestly i'm not very sure on how exactly they're going to meet again but i definitely do hope that they do meet again because you can i think i can see uh i'm not sure in terms of calypso because we weren't able to read it for her from her perspective unfortunately but from leo i can tell that this he does like her very much he likes calypso very very much and i'm sure he would love to develop that relationship a lot better and i'm sure calypso does too um so yeah i have faith in leo because i think that uh, you know he was able to construct the argo the second so i think that this will probably be one of those challenges but a challenge he'll be able to get over uh next question is favorite half blood other than leo and nico um my next favorite half blood would probably have to be I think it's going to have to be Annabeth. I think that simply because of her love of learning, I think that it's very admiring to see how how passionate she is, especially when we were leading reading the Battle of the Labyrinth, uh when we were go analyzing Annabeth. I think that it was very fascinating to see her so interested in talking in in you know using Daedalus's laptop and all of that and it has been long established that Annabeth is one to love reading to love learning about new things but seeing it in action during the battle of the labyrinth was something that really made me inspire to be like her um so i definitely say that she's one one of the top ones on the list not that all of the seven are but she's she's someone that i i take inspiration from uh next question is do many people you know in person know about your podcast um not really uh just you know it's it's something that i i haven't um shared with many many others yet but hopefully sometime i will be able to uh next question is how's your week been um pretty good uh i think that i've been getting some sleep in so it's been looking good on that side uh next question is talk about uh so i have seen some suggestions of doing q and a's after a month or so so accumulating all those q and a questions and i think that i think that it's a wonderful idea however i think that with with how i am and how forgetful i am um i don't want to miss any anyone's questions questions that i can answer i don't want to miss any of them and i feel like if i do it after a month i may forget some of those questions so that's just one of my main concerns among others but i appreciate that 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 recommendation 
So I just wanted to provide my thoughts on that and why I probably won't be doing it. Uh, next question is, have you ever taken the Harry Potter quiz on Pottermore? Uh, I haven't taken it on Pottermore, but I've taken it on other um, websites. Uh, sometimes I believe I've gotten Hufflepuff. I've gotten Hufflepuff lately. So I'm, I think, yeah. Uh, next question is, do you think there will be another series in Percy Jackson? I don't, I'm not sure, really. I think that potentially with Chalice of the Gods, especially considering the fact that it's about Percy applying to college, I'm, we'll have to see how exactly that's going, if, if there's going to be another set of adventures for Percy in college. Because obviously he's a son of Poseidon, he doesn't really get a break. But yeah, I'll be excited to see about what, if, if that ever occurs. And that concludes our Q&A session for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And next week, we will continue by reading chapters 9 through 10, I believe. And until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.